Welcome to the show. This week's guest, they are a high energy country band and they have all different kinds of stylings, everything from old and new country, blues and rock, and they've got a brand new song out called Together We're Strong. With literally everybody I know. True story. Pretty cool. Hey, Brian and Matt of Kansas Stone, welcome to the show. How's it going? How's it going? Doing great. How's it going? You guys holding up okay being in uh, self-isolation? I know it's we're on, what, month three now? Yeah, it's it's, it's different, that's for sure. It, uh, when it first happened, I, I just scrambled in my brain, what can I do to stay busy? And, and thankfully, I have a little studio in my place and just, you know, writing as much as I can, recording as much as I can. Maybe a few more, a few too many beers, but it's been good. <laughs> That's shocking. <laughs> That's, you know what? Here's the thing, though. It's got a bit of a hall pass because it's like it's like Groundhog Day, right? So you don't know what what time it is, what day it is. So whatever, you crack a beer at noon, no one's judging. <laughs> Literally, that that would happen. Yeah, I I know there are a few times, like it happened more than once, where I was like, um, "What day is it today?" And it was like. <laughs> had no clue maybe like wednesday but it was really monday and yeah <laughs> yeah the concept of time has really gone out the window for sure with all of this at least the weather is getting nice so that's good but guys you got to tell me i mean we're we would have been heading into you know the busy time for musicians heading out on the road uh playing gigs festivals that sort of thing so how are you guys doing knowing that that's not really a thing right now it's been, a, I think, a harsh reality to come to terms with, but uh, I think we've kind of looked at it as well. If this is the way it's going to be, we can't change it. We're going to try and turn our energy into something else and get bring something to our fans. Yeah, With all the other ways we have accessible now. So uh, now it's like we re- re- regroup and replan and see how, how can we finish the year off strong and, and bring some more music to our fans and uh, engage them at the same time with the ability to play the live show. So we're... We're still working on that, but we've got some exciting things coming up. Yeah, it, it was definitely a bummer. That, that's for sure. Because, uh, you know, festival season, especially being uh, Canadian country, like the festival's where it's at, you know. And we had uh, we had a bunch of stuff planned, and we were looking forward to it. But in the end, it's it's better that we're all safe and, and healthy. Yeah. That way, next summer, we can come out strong, right? For sure. I'll miss seeing everyone this year. That's for sure. And speaking of strong, guys, you, uh, you've you got this brand new song called Together We're Strong with a bunch of our Canadian country music cohorts. How did that all come into being? I, I think it was it was middle of March, and I was sitting there, and exactly what we were talking about. I, I was talking to a few of my good buddies, Andrew Hyatt, and, and we were talking about uh, just festival season and how it won't happen, and, you know, and... And I had the capability. I have a studio in in my basement and stuff. And so I'm, I had the idea of writing a song that would raise money for Unison Benevolent Fund, which, you know, helps our fellow artists in times of need like this. And so I reached out to Dustin Bird, which is a good friend of mine, and we we do a lot of co-writing. And I brought him the idea. And uh, next thing you know, we had a song that I just loved. And I said to him, you know, what would be really good is if I called up a bunch of buddies of mine or people we've played with and see if they'll get on on board with this and uh and i remember brian telling me you know it's gonna oh there's gonna be a few friends on it and it's gonna be you know a cool song we're all gonna get behind and then next thing we know we got Lisa mccoy and we got uh tom cochran and all these people either featuring on it and doing it it's like it was quite amazing to see it unfold 
It's really cool, guys. Yeah, you've got McCoy, Jason Blaine, Danny Strong, Danielle Bourgeau, Aaron Burchett. Corey Marks. Corey Marks. It's it's really Unreal. quite something. You guys have accomplished something really very cool in this very, very strange time. And that, that's that's what I love about the whole project. is, And it's all going to benefit people that um, that don't get help by the government or can't collect EI. That, you know, a lot of my friends that I know or, or people we've had contact with in the music industry they spend you know four or five nights out of the week going bar to bar playing covers that's how they make their income that's how they put the food on the table that's how that's how they pay their bills and unison helps that and that, that's what the song is going towards is to help help people just like us in times of need so there are some um families too that both parents are full-time musicians and so organizations like unison really do help those families out so this is really a fantastic endeavor that you took on so kudos to you guys i i just i'm glad everybody could be a part of it and you know it's funny getting everybody because i didn't know who we were going to get on it and uh it just kept going, kept going, and then I had to draw the line somewhere. I was just like, <laughs> I don't know how we're gonna, I don't know how we're gonna fit everybody on. So, but it's so, amazing how everyone came together for it, and you know, put on great performances and and worked around schedules and doing whatever you know they wanted to put forth their time. So it was really great to see uh, Brian it all come together. I was really impressed, even myself. So really great to be a part of it, and then hopefully it does go to helping some of these artists that are again struggling right now and and inspires hopefully some more people to get going with this kind of thing you know that'd be that'd be great to see so tell people how they can uh how they can personally help out with this if you purchase a song from itunes it helps if you call in and request it on radio or sirius xm or anything it helps even if you go to our spotify and there's a link that directs you right to the Right to the Unison Benevolent Fund, where you can just not nothing to do with the song. You can just you know donate what you have, you know, a couple bucks here or there. It really goes a long way in a situation like this. So let's talk about the production for a sec, guys, because you you obviously are running into a situation where you can't have a whole band in the studio at the same time. You've got artists all over the country contributing their parts to this song. What was that like to sort of quarterback that? Can you walk us through the process? Well, yeah, it's that that one's a big Dustin Bird a shout out to Dustin Bird because I reached out to, of course, Matt Davey to throw some guitar on there. And then Jason McCoy to throw some guitar on Jason Blaine and Chess Anthony, uh, a few really, really good guitarists that I know to help with the music side. And, you know, and Dustin, Dustin really stepped up his game, putting everything together. And, and then vocal wise, it's just, I kind of, I didn't know what to do. So I kind of got everybody to sing, most of the song and then just I would listen to it, listen to it, listen to it and you know certain lines would stick out for certain people and I'd be like wow like Ali really nailed this part so like let's use her here and you know it was, it was difficult at the time but it was also fun it was a project of something new we've never done so um, yeah I enjoyed every second of it so let's back it up because part of uh, what we talk about on the show is um, we kind of relive uh, memories and experiences. And tell us a little bit, uh, guys, about how Kansas Stone started. Well, it all started on on Brian's back forty at his parents' place with guitar and a banjo, and it, you know, and Brian and I had been playing for for a while there, and he's like, and you know, Brian started writing, bringing these other songs around, and and 
and shown this other side of his writing, and, and I guess they've been there for longer than I've realized. And we started bringing our talents together, and all of a sudden, songs started to form that felt very natural and very real. And, and Brian started putting some work, his work behind that, is, and like he does, his drive, and uh, all of a sudden, we were starting to open pretty big bands and getting involved with all the community and realizing how amazing it was. So um, since then, it's just been a, a fun ride, and then and meeting all the people and experiences that we've had, it's been great. So, um, Brian, do you want to add to that at all? How I met Matt was through, we were both playing in actually more like Southern rock kind of rock bands in the same town. And I would go watch his band. He would come watch mine. And, you know, I kept seeing him in the front row of mine. And, and he, I kept going to his and pointing on stage and telling one day that guy's going to play in my band. And I remember asking Matt the first time, I'm like, let's start a band and start a band. I think I bugged him for at least six months. <laughs> he, kept, he kept saying like, oh, well, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm doing this thing right now. I'm really busy. And I just, persistence. I, I just seen something in him. It was just, you know, he was my, like, over time in music, you see those duos like Bon Jovi and Richie Sambor or he was that missing link that I, I, I saw. And I, was, I, I didn't let up until he finally said yes. And then that's how it started. So, so yep, Matt, I got to turn that around on you. What was it like to be bugged by Brian for so long? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, again, it was like I'd seen him working with his bands, and they were always doing so well. And uh, his brother had bands going, and they always filled the, filled the clubs. And I always admired them, to be honest. And uh, I just, timing worked out where I think, you know, bands break up and stuff happens. And, um, eventually I think he bugged me at the right time and I was like, no band, I had nothing else going on and, I, and I'd and i always wanted to work with them but it had never worked out uh, timing-wise before. So once that had happened, it, it became clear that um, I was meant to be partnered up with this guy because he could he got all the other parts of the industry and the, and the business and the music that I didn't know yet and I, I learned a lot from the guy in the early stages for sure and, and he promised me some big shows and he delivered on every one he did and that's kind of what <laughs> I think that's how, how it's happened. I said, Matt really loved Monster Truck. I said, I can promise you we'll play Monster Truck in the first... Co-. And I think it was our first show. I think that either that with Finger Eleven or Monster Truck was our first show. And, and Matt's like, you delivered. I'm like, I told you. <laughs> Stick with me, buddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. We knew we had our Keith, you know, our Keith and Keith Richards and Mick Jagger bond, you know, our country our musical bond, I should say. And um, since then, it's again, we've just been working at it, and it, it feels natural, and it feels right, and um, it's hard. I've met a lot of people and played with a lot of uh, talented players, and, you know, it's hard to find that uh, that chemistry with people, for sure. And if you find it, you got to hold on to it and cherish it. That's one thing I do know. So one of the things that we'd like to talk about on the show is how artists have figured out how to get to where they have gotten. After, Brian, you've bugged Matt, and Matt, you've endured brian's persistence uh you've now agreed to become a band what are the next steps that you guys take in order to start recording music getting music out there getting those shows what's the roadmap for kansas stone to move from forming this new band to actually getting things to start happening for you guys looking back on it it seems like taking a pen and just drawing all over the place because when you first start you you don't know what to do or where to go i remember when we first started Kansas Stone, we thought we had to wear cowboy boots and a mm-hmm. cowboy hat, like, you know, I need to fit in and, and do that stuff. But as you grow and get into it more, you, you know, you start learning and, and, and start figuring out how to, how to go and the steps to go. And like the studios where 
you know, working with the right producer can change so much. I know we, we've worked with a lot of people from Maddie McKay, from the Beck Kissel Band, uh, from Doug Oliver from Colker County. We've worked with some people here in our hometown and um, it took a while, but I think it was Chris LaBelle from um, Rivertown Saints that uh, hooked us up with Dwayne Thompson out in Nashville. And um, it's funny because I grew up listening to Wave. I remember as a kid <laughs> listening to Wave. But and then next thing you know, you know, we've always wanted to work with Patricia Conroy and meeting Dwayne and stuff. And we became, we became like such close friends. And you know, we'd be going down in Nashville, you know, every three months and stuff, just doing writing and and recording. So I think that's was the biggest learning curve is knowing the people to work with because because people mesh. With, with your style mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. some people don't right so your style is uh you know i don't i, I want to say it's it's rooted in a, a various different genres right you've got the old and new country you've got some blues and rock in there as well and so it, you're you know you're not well, you don't necessarily just fit into one box i think keith yeah. urban said it best is where he said i don't classify myself as a certain genre i let my my audience do that because when we when we sit down and write a song, we just write something that we like. You know, it may can't, one song might come out a little bit more rock. One song might come out a little bit more country or a little more poppy. It's just if you're not writing stuff that puts a smile on your face, then then what are you doing? You know. So <laughs> we've always had that look look on the music. It, it got to make us happy. It got to you know make us feel good if we're gonna do it. Were either of you guys country guys before this? I grew up on country. Okay. Yeah, I think we both did, and that's one thing we talked about. I remember it was the first thing I got into because my parents, you know, I I was in the backseat listening to Alabama, Randy Travis. If you were in my house growing up, there would be Alan Jackson playing (laughs) 24-7. So I grew up on, on country music until my teens where I started leaning more into the Guns N' Roses and stuff, but I always kept that with me. Yeah, and, I, and I'm again. I my dad always cut Dwight Yoakam and you know Travis Tritt or whatever playing in the car, and, and I always grew up on my grandfather always had bluegrass and the old older country stuff and banjos and mandolins. And that's what got me into the whole sound of it all, and you know melding the two together. When Brian and I started, just kind of started to make sense. Like there's this big music that we like, like Brian said, makes us feel good, but that embodies all those things that we like about that music and and try not to put too many limits on it and see where it goes. Well, and I think the important thing, too, is authenticity, right? Because people will see right through it yeah. if you are not authentic to yourselves. Oh, 100% on that one. And it's interesting, yeah. too, you know, you mentioned uh, all of the different influences, and I, I feel like you, you sort of hit the nail on the head, Brian, when you said that something comes out a little rock, something comes out a little country, but at the end of the day, all of those things are just ingredients to... Mm-hmm. make Kansas Stone. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's when we started this, Matt and I both talked, and he, I remember him being a little afraid, he'd be like, I do like country, but I don't want to go all the way country. And it's funny when we when we write songs, because Matt is very more, he loves the earthy and staying real and, and like the old classic style. And I'm a radio guy where I like, you know, I'll throw that, a little bit of that Florida Georgia line or that that hook. I'm just like, yeah, that's cool, but let's, you know. So that's what Kansas Stone is: is when he comes from one side, I come from the other, and we bring we make something new, make something different. Kansas Stone. 
So uh, you were talking about your little bit radio, Brian. Let's talk about radio for a second. Do you, when you guys are uh, writing songs and uh, making music, do you have radio in mind or are you just making music that that you're loving to make? Uh, for me personally, like Matt will throw ideas at me, but he, Matt never chases radio. Mm-hmm. And, and, and which is a good thing because he levels me out because sometimes I'll go overboard. But I don't think even I chase radio. Sometimes, like, when we released Blaze of Nothing, um, I was up at a cottage, and I make that I made that up as just a joke. I was having a few beers, and it was just something I was walking around with acoustic, like, just made it up on the spot. And, you know, it, it's just, I don't think when you call something radio, it is, you know, made for radio i think it's just easier to sing along with more listener friendly and that's what i love i love to be able to sing something or play it and have somebody sing with it right away mm-hmm. that's been a big part of the learning process in the writing learning how to decide whether the song should stay in that format you know because you can easily break out of that radio format with that with those hooks and with that stuff if you're not careful so it's like i mean you, i think like you said we kind of both do both we do a bit of Try not to overthink it. Try not to force it into a box. But at the same time, once you get it to a point, you kind of got to decide on on certain choices to put in the arrangement if you want to keep it in that um, radio realm. And, and yeah, you you definitely got to keep it like relevant with what's going on. But as Kansas Stone, we like to be different, a little different. So we don't, you know, there's already a James Barker doing the James Barker thing. There's already a Tim Hicks doing the Tim Hicks thing. You know, so uh, like we want to take our own path and our own road. So. We write something, then we kind of look at it and listen. Some of the songs, like one of the songs we just released, uh, Edge of Forever, it took us two years. We kept coming back to it to change it, to change it, to change it, you know? So we're in no rush to just write something and release it. We we actually, like listen to it and make sure that we're in love with it before we put it out. Yeah, that's a a good point, guys. I think that the most important writing sessions that anybody could ever do are rewrites. If you walk out of a three-hour writing session with something that's kind of okay and you just call it done, when you could, you know, four months down the road, revisit it like you just said, if you don't call it done until it's on a record, that's, that's the best way to approach songwriting in my experience. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah, sometimes it's weird. Like sometimes you can catch it all in one. Like it rarely happens. But I've heard like some bands could do it. You know, or or, or like that. I don't know. It's weird to say, but uh, some bands will capture that magic, and the, and the producer will be like, "No, no, you're not re-singing that again, or you're not doing that again." Like that was it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I but I agree. As far as the writing goes, like you know, you should definitely rethink it and, and not rush that process, and always take some time to to uh, make sure you're you're happy with every part of it you know you're not just getting blinded by uh the one the chorus you love or something like that <laughs> it's, it's very easy to get um like in the industry and i get it a lot it's called demoitis and yep. and you write the song and you record it a little demo of it and you listen to that so many times that when you go to record the song you don't want to make changes and people are like well we could do this and it will better the song but you you're so set from listening to it over and over and over that you don't want to change it. But like Matt's had to pull me aside sometimes and be like, man, just let, just, just let it work itself out. And it ends up being a lot better of a song because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Question for both of you guys. I'll ask you Matt first, what makes a great song? What makes a great song? Um, The ability to connect with whoever's listening you know, whether they're whatever their age, whatever their thing, like that ability, whether it be lyrically or sonically, 
because some songs you'll just listen to because they're a great vibe or some songs you'll listen to because you love the, the meaning and you love everything about it. But uh, I think if you can find that way to connect with, you know, that one lyric that really brings everyone in, that is the most important thing to think about. You know, obviously the hooks and everything has got to be there, but um, at the soul of it, there needs to be something rooted in there that every human can grasp onto and relate to. Brian, same question. It's the message for me. Like, the words mixed with a great melody will give you I, I i guarantee everybody's felt it during one song one time in their life where they get goosebumps mm. from the right words saying the right way and as yeah. a songwriter as a songwriter it's very difficult because you can play the same four chords but there's over five thousand different melodies that will go with those four chords and it's finding the exact one that you know will make you feel something and i think making a great song is finding that melody but delivering the the right message that will give somebody goosebumps. Okay, so here's a question for both of you. Uh, we'll start with Matt first. What's a song that does that for you? Ooh, um, that's ever changing. I'd say um, it does change. It does. It changes a lot. But I think I, I'm trying to think of one. I would say it was probably one off Chris Stapleton's Traveler record. Um, I think it was um, Fire Away. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like a really heavy, deep song, but it's just like it just—I don't know—it plucks at the heartstrings really. I don't know. Well, and you and feel it, that it, song it, in your toes. Yeah, and you know, it, it relates to everyone, and it's a touchy subject, but it's like um, it needs to be talked about, and it's—that's even more bold to me, you know, to do that in such a way where it's still kind of elegant, but also meaningful, and and uh, and shining a light on something that's not easy to talk about. So those are really tough songs to pull off, and I give Chris Stapleton credit for that one. With that song specifically, the uh, the one up to the five walk-up at the beginning of the chorus is really what makes that song scream to me. You yeah, know, when yeah. That... it's small things small things like that can just change, you know, the feeling around something. Yeah, it just, and it's magic. Yeah. And, and His changes are amazing. For me... Uh, See, I listen to, still listen to everything. I'm a music lover. I listen to, you know, pop, hip-hop, metal, rock, country. Music is music. There's two types, good and bad, and it's up to the listener. So the last one I can remember giving me goosebumps was probably a, a band called Alter Bridge. It's, the song is called Rise Today. And it's just, it's that one that always, my, my eyes water up. I get goosebumps, and it, it's not even a sad song but it's just an uplifting powerful song and it's just put together so well with the whole writing process um you've probably um sat down and collaborated with uh, other people outside just the two of you here's some time to uh, name drop who are some people who you were really happy to be working with for me um over the years becoming friends with a lot of these people like i remember growing up jason blaine i always loved his music and you know, he ended up being turning into one of our good friends. We were on the same label together. You know, he invited us to his house in Nashville for for the Super Bowl. And we ended up writing songs together. And hopefully, one of the songs we wrote with him will be um, will be one of our next singles. But um, yeah, he's definitely definitely one. Jason McCoy for us going over to his house and him coming over. It's um, just people you look up to and, and look up to before. And I remember parts of our career when we first started and looking up and watching these people on stage and saying to each other one day we're going to be you know one day we're going to share the stage with them or one day we're you know so and now you're buds <laughs> yeah. yeah so 
like to all those kids at home, just keep keep screaming. That's all. So what was I think the- Maddie McKay was one of them too. Maddie McKay was Good a dude. big yeah. influence of us starting off, and he took us in and he took us to Calgary and let us stay with him and recorded a bunch of songs with him. And he was he's an unbelievable guitarist, but an amazing writer and producer as well so is there a, a, a an artist or a songwriter that you've worked with uh where you walked into the room or you were about to walk into the room and and you were just going holy crap holy crap this is about to happen have you had one of those moments yet i think for me it'd be like when we were writing with steve McEwen. oh that's um, i was just gonna say that i was just gonna say that it's the same for me too go, go he's ahead. written with like Katy perry and eminem and all this stuff and he's like a big deal songwriter to, yeah. to like some you know, so we we had to sit down with him, like, oh man, what are we gonna play? Like, what are we gonna bring? Are we gonna, you know, we really yeah, wanted he, to bring our best self to that one. <laughs> he just he just flew in from the UK, and he he played in the Robbie Robbie Williams band, and he wrote uh, number one songs for Keith Urban, Carrie Underwood, uh, Kenny Chesney, Eminem, you name it. And um, and we're at Dwayne Thompson's house, and he's like, well, I hooked up this right for you guys. And once we found out who it was, I was like, almost that. I don't get that feeling to, before going on stage anymore, but like that butterfly feeling like, Oh, like we got to bring our A game to this one. <laughs> so, so with that in mind, then how do you mentally prepare? How do you, for the new artists who are listening to the show, who are eventually going to get those same opportunities, how do you prep for a session like that? Just do it. Just, Just go in it. there. You yeah. know, that's the best Thank advice you. I can say, because if you overthink it, you're going to screw. You're going to, you know, jinx yourself. You got to just be confident in yourself. And I'm a shy guy, so it's hard for me. So uh, you just got to go in there and be confident. And yeah, communication is everything. I remember there in that exact right, like everybody was working on it, and Steve looked over at me and like, it doesn't seem like Brian's feeling this. And I'm like, I'm not. So we changed <laughs> the direction. Right. You know. So it's just be be honest and just go for it. You. You're given so many shots that you just got to take them, you know? So So now is the uh, part of the show that we call Turn Us On. And so we want you guys to turn us on to uh, something that maybe you've been watching. Yeah, it could be a Netflix series that you're binging. It could be something that you've discovered on Spotify. It could be a dish that you've been cooking in quarantine. It could be a particular brand of beer. I don't care what it is, but turn us on, boys. Go for it, Matt. Oh man, I don't know what to do. <laughs> okay, you guys gotta go check out if you guys have um, Disney Plus or watch TV. And you guys, obviously, we've been trapped inside, so I've been watching a bit more of that than usual. But uh, there's Running Wild with Bear Grylls, where he takes all these great celebrities on these crazy adventures and travels all over the world. And I think everyone should check it out because it uh, it got me really pumped up to go travel everywhere, and uh, it was really fun to see. So go cool. check it out. Sweet, thank you. Brian? I'll give you three real quick. <laughs> Outer Banks. <laughs> Outer Banks, yeah. the TV show. If you haven't seen it, it got uh, some actors from Nashville, the show. It's it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, Deacon. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good, cool show. I didn't think I'd like it, but it's like a new age Dawson Creek, and I, I got so into that. So, um, and then the beer I've been drinking this whole quarantine. <laughs> you know, if you haven't tried, if you haven't tried Redline Brewery, you got to grab Redline Brewery. I know, Amy, you've tried it. I've seen you there. Yes, <laughs> so. yes. Mm-hmm. I dig oh, myself yeah. some Redline. And then uh, I think I've just been cooking 
I've been cooking a lot, especially barbecues lately, but my go-to is my talk, my famous taco salad, which is great. So look it up and, and cook it. It's good. Taco wow. salad. <laughs> What's your secret for the taco salad? You got to use uh, Catalina dressing. I what? could not agree with you more, okay, buddy. Hold on a second here. Uh, Catalina dressing in a taco salad. Absolutely. Where do you trust, use? Trust what? Trust me. So you, so you cook the, you cook the meat. Yeah. And then you put the taco seasoning on. Okay. And you put your salad in and, you know, break up some corn chips and stuff like that. Put some shredded mozzarella in there. And then you pour almost half a bottle to a bottle <laughs> yep. of Catalina on the whole thing. Yep. And you mix it all up. Oh. I am right with you, buddy. That's <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm, my taste buds are confused, but also a little titillated. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's such a great word. It's a gross word. Okay, guys. So we're going to play a quick game with you before we let you go. It's called Would You Rather. Would you rather shave your head or wear high heels on stage? Shave my head. Really? I think you right look away. great I, in high I, heels. I, 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 you know what? Honestly... I could, I could probably rock them. I've never tried them on. I could probably do it. I, I believe I could do that. But you know, long hair on stage gets really hot, and I'm just waiting for an excuse to shave my head. So. Well, yeah, but I mean, I just saw your Instagram post, and you guys and your hair. It's like I've got serious hair envy. It's like you're the Pantene boys up here. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Head and Shoulders commercial. Yeah, that's right. What about you, Maddie? Would I rather? Uh, you asking me the same? Would you rather? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd rock the high heels. I think I could pull it off. Yes. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> they make my butt look great. You know? <laughs> and you don't want to mess with that flow, couch. right? Brian's got all the tattoos, all the cool stuff. I need everything I can get to look cool. You know? <laughs> I pay to watch that. Yeah, all right, let's uh, give him another one, Scotty. Would you rather wash in a puddle of water or dry off with nothing but dryer lint? Uh, I I would do both, but I'll go with the pu- I'll, I'll go with the puddle. I would dive. I would I would strip down and dive in that puddle, no problem. It's very boots and hearts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I did maybe once or twice. There should be photos floating around somewhere. What about you, Matt? I'd be the same. I would go for the puddle all the way. Okay. All right. Here's an interesting one for the both of you. We'll start with you, Brian. Would you rather eat a cup of bacon grease? Or drink a cup of melted butter. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, I will. No, oh, that is kind of tough. Um, I feel like I, the butter I, might go down smoother. <laughs> no, you know what? I think the butter is just really salty. I think I would eat the bacon grease. Bacon grease is Man. salty, though. <laughs> Have you never? I had know, butter? I know, but. You know what? Here's my answer. Change my answer. I would eat the bacon grease and wash it down with the butter. There you go. Oh, <laughs> you are such a badass. <laughs> Matt. And that's why you're 20 pounds heavier. <laughs> <laughs> there, that's a quarantine. That's me. That's my quarantine speaking. <laughs> okay, Matt. Same question. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I like, have you ever had lobster and dipped it in butter? It's like yeah. not the worst thing in the world. I think I would go with the butter. Okay. Just have a side of lobster there, eating and drinking. Yeah. You no, know, that wasn't the option. Option. that wasn't the option. That was just a measuring <laughs> cup of like good old fashioned melted butter. <laughs> Straight up shot of butter. All right. Either one's going to clog my artery. So. Uh, all right, Brian. Would you rather always smell Parmesan cheese or always hear a high pitched noise? I think I already hear a high pitched noise all the time from all the music. <laughs> the tinnitus, yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, I don't mind Parmesan cheese. I know 
See, is Parmesan <laughs> cheese, is it cooking? Because there's a different smell when Parmesan cheese is cooking. No, it's, it's like, like the Parmesan cheese, you just, you have yeah. your, you just, like, you pull it out of the fridge, and that smell is okay. always in your nose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so gnarly. <laughs> I will go with the, the high pitch rig. Okay. I already got it, so I might as well. Keep it. it. Embrace it. Yeah, turn it up some. <laughs> turn it up yeah. some. <laughs> Matt? I'm going to have to go with Brian on this one because, I mean, years of rock and roll bands and drummers uh, cymbaling in my face uh, has left me with uh, the ringing once in a while as well. So, I mean, thankfully I still got my hearing, but uh, it wouldn't make too much difference. So I'm going to go with that one. Okay. Right. We do not, by the way, Scotty, we do not ask artists enough if they also have the ringing in the yeah. ears. This seems to be a thing. Okay. I think especially bands, especially people growing up playing music, and your, your jam space is so small. And like Maddie said, if you're staying beside that drummer and they're hitting that cymbal right beside your ear, only takes a few uh, I only, seconds yeah. before well, that's ringing. Well, my dude, <laughs> my dude's also a musician, but he got a ringing in his ear back like ages ago. Um, he went to a cult, the cult concert, and he was too close. And so now he's got that. I remember the day vividly when I got hit with that too. I was playing the Oshawa Chorale <laughs> with, uh, with Misty Lee Olson and, and Ryan Laird and uh, gosh, a bunch of other guys. And Ryan's amp was pointed at my head the whole night and he had that thing on 11 and it was bad. I was actually in pain for like four days and I had to go buy some plugs the next day, but it was it was something else. And I still have the ring. Laying in bed. Laying in bed at night and all years. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. Wow. Okay, one last question before we let you go, boys. Okay, would you rather get lost on the ocean or lost in a forest? Ooh. Uh, that, that should be an easy one. But only because if you're lost in the ocean, you can't drink the water. You're going to be end up have to drink your urine. and uh, you know what I mean? This escalated it, it, quickly. It, it goes... It, <laughs> It drastically goes downhill from there with with the sun, with everything. So I'm going to go Wilson! with the forest. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with the forest being Canadian and growing up hunting and wilderness and everything. I think I could survive in the forest, no problem. I wouldn't if I got lost. I would just build shelter and I'd live there. People would have to find me. He, you thought that through. Good for you. All right, Matt. Same question. Well, he pretty much thought that really well through. I can't even <laughs> argue any of that. <laughs> I just, no, no, I, I just no, watched that Water World. We know how that turns out. So I, I watched that movie with Chris Chris Hemsworth, the movie Dick one, and like, like you can't drink the water. You you got all this water cool. around you, and you're dehydrating, right? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. It was a real eye opener. That's yeah. <laughs> a real eye opener. Well, be careful which mushrooms you guys eat in the forest. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Kansas Stone, thank you so much for coming on the show with us, and uh, big congratulations on the uh, the success and the momentum that Together We're Strong is getting, and we were really appreciative that uh, you joined us. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having us. Thanks, boys. Thanks so much, you guys. Have a nice night. Brian and Matt, thank you so much for joining us this week. That was a ton of fun, and uh, congratulations on the amazing song, Together We're Strong, which benefits... Unison Benevolent Fund. And uh, I should mention, guys, if you are listening to this and you do make the majority of your income from music and you've been affected by COVID, as all of us have, make sure you reach out to Unison because they do have the funds to help you out. I have benefited from it personally. Uh, please do reach out to them. 
unisonfund.ca. It's a super easy application process and uh, you can get the support that you need. So please do reach out to them. They are there to help. Let's talk about socials. Let's do it. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at the show on the go. Track us down. Give us a like. We would love to hear from you. He's Scotty Kipfer. And she is Amy Oust. Welcome to the show.